total eclipse of the heart. <laughs> Don't you wish I was a singer instead of a podcast? You could be. <laughs> I believe in you. No, I'm not good. Didn't we talk I about how anybody it. can be a singer, too? That's true if you just make your voice Who were we enough. listening to? That was so weird. Yeah, I feel like you still have to be able to hit the notes on key, though. Well, I guess there's auto-tuning now. So if you're pretty enough, you don't have to have a good voice. But if you're ugly, you have to have at least a unique voice. Yeah. <laughs> the more unique, the better. Would you not call that unique, what you just did? <laughs> I'm going to start a Total eclipse. <laughs> this is your one-man show. Or woman show. We don't know. What's the point? <laughs> I just love gender bending, you guys. Gender bending. <laughs> the best. Hi, I'm Big. And I'm White. And together we are Big and White. And you are listening to the Big and White Podcast, a podcast where we explore what it means to be a foreigner in Asia. So, what are we talking about today, Big? Well, we are talking about some of our experience trying to stay healthy when moving to another culture and living in a developing country. Because, spoiler alert, it's difficult. Yes. Sometimes. We don't claim to be experts. We don't claim to be healthy. (laughs) (laughs) But we are here and we aren't leaving because of any of these things. So. Yeah, we actually survived this far. (laughs) We were like, what should we do an episode about? Oh, we could talk about like how to be healthy in Asia. We were like, oh, I don't know if either of us are in a position to actually do that. (laughs) But then Big was like, yeah, but we haven't left. Like things aren't easy, but we're actually still here. Right. And I feel like the fact that we admit that we're not like perfect or, you know, 100% healthy all the time is a good thing. Yeah. That means we are healthy in a weird way. (laughs) Anyway, before we get to that, though, White, tell me about your week. Well, I don't really have anything exciting to talk about for this week. I mean, your shoulders are dancing, so I feel like you're excited about whatever you're going to say. That is true. Woo! Almost knocked (laughs) over our microphone. Um, Yeah, so I am... I just took a Myers-Briggs test and I've taken them a bunch of times and I always get different results because I'm like barely any. You're not extreme on any of the Yeah, I don't have like a a big tip towards any of them. But the one that I got last night, I'm really excited about because I think that it actually matches me super well. So I am... An I-N-F-J-T. So what do those letters mean? So you have introverted. Right. And the opposite of that would be extroverted. Intuitive. And the opposite of that would be sensing. Feeling. The opposite of that is thinking. Judging. Or perceiving. And then there's that last one. Yeah, they added a letter. It's like assertive or turbulent. Oh, those sound bad. Well, I'm 90% assertive. Assertive sounds good. Turbulent doesn't sound good. I don't think either one sounds great. I think it's kind of like, um, do you 
take charge and try to organize things mm. or do you are you spontaneous and kind of just let things happen well i'm only 51 percent turbulent and 49 assertive yeah. so but yeah it made me feel really cool because it's the advocate and it says the advocate personality type is very rare making up less than one percent of the population but they nevertheless leave their mark on the world. Wow, look at you. So important. I'm so important. <laughs> I'm so rare and unique. <sighs> That's fun. So did you read the rest of it? Did you feel like it fit oh, your heck personality yeah. well? It fit my personality so well, it was weird. <laughs> Wow, that's kind like, of fun, though. It answered questions that I've had for a long time. <laughs> Why am I this way? Yeah. Because it talks about a lot about, like, uh, intuition, about picking up other people's, like, maybe things that they don't want to present to the world, but you pick up on that. Mm. And, like, I feel like if I'm in a group of people, I always see people doing embarrassing things <laughs> or things that they don't want. You know, like nobody else will notice. And I'm like, <laughs> I see you. Making eye contact with them, like, <laughs> yeah, I know what you did. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I feel pretty cool about myself now. That's really fun. Did you look up like which characters that personality type is? Yeah. Well, I didn't look it up, but they told me there was like Nelson Mandela, Mother Teresa, Alanis Morissette. There are some other ones, too. I don't remember. Which, like, how do they know that? Yeah. I, I think some of them are just guesses. I mean, like, you know, when they're like, it's the same as Gandhi. Like, obviously, Gandhi didn't take the Mars <laughs> test. But... <laughs> okay. So, you just mentioned some real people that have your personality type. But guess which Harry Potter character has your oh personality type? <laughs> Didn't even think about something like that. I'm so excited. It's Remus Lupin. Yay! He's my yeah. favorite. I hope the version in a very Potter musical is the one I'm close to. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the lone wolf of the Myers-Briggs bunch. INFJs are both soft-spoken and fiercely idealistic. They care deeply about making the world a better place. <laughs> It also talked about in relationships, it can be difficult because you have like a very strict sense of ideals that you're looking towards. And as soon as somebody like breaks that, you're like, no, we're <laughs> done here. Which I do. Oh my gosh. That's I'm like, crazy. you're dumb. Goodbye. I'm never going to think about you again. <laughs> <laughs> you do good. <laughs> Relationship over. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm not a very loyal person. That's kind of horrible. Well, you're loyal to your ideals instead yeah. of people. Not people. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's interesting? Um, so I really like the Enneagram personality test. And they say that, I mean, you can take it before this, but you really, like, your personality sort of isn't settled till you're about 30. Oh, So I wonder sense. if that was part of your issue before where you felt like you got a different answer every time you, you know, took a personality test yeah. or didn't describe you super well. Maybe you just, like, weren't settled in... Sort of your personality yet. Oh, no. Is this what I'm going to be like now? <laughs> yes. Stuck for eternity. <laughs> I have four more years before my personality is totally settled. Yeah, you have the chance to yep. change completely. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Well, that's really fun. What about you? What happened this week? Did anything happen this week? Oh, yeah. Did you have a week? <laughs> I know. I actually had to look at my notes. I'm like, what did I do? I can't remember anything before. You hung out with me for the entire week. (laughs) 
So we went on a work trip to Pokhara, which is another, it's like the second biggest city in Nepal. And it's on this lake and there's no pollution and it's a little bit quieter of a city. So it's, it's a nice place to visit sometimes. And we had amazing mountain views, which was oh, really it was gorgeous. fun. So the thing I wanted to talk about though was a couple of times I went up and sat on the roof of the house to, you know, look at the mountains and just kind of enjoy but it was a really fun view of the street, and I got to see all of the, like, I don't even know what to call them, traveling salespeople <laughs> go by. So there's people with bicycles that have, you know, like, fruit and vegetables in the back and shouting out what they have. There's, like, a truck went by with bottles of water, and there was a guy that had just, like, bags of rice. So basically, the amazing thing about this is if you're like a housewife or like a stay-at-home mom, you can just not go to the store. <laughs> if you see someone passing by or you hear them calling out like, I'm selling cucumbers, you can just run out to the front of the house and like, yes, three cucumbers, please. <laughs> and it is awesome. I really want that to be a thing in America. Yeah. I mean, we have the ice cream truck, but that's it. Can we have like the vegetable truck and the detergent truck and the- no you just have those little buttons on amazon that you press you're like i'm out of tide and then an amazon person like climbs through your window <laughs> and puts it in your waiting laundry machine <laughs> so creepy i this is something that has really changed since i love the u.s is how much people use amazon to order stuff to their house and i cannot adjust to it i'm like go to the store i don't know it feels really weird to me yeah I do understand that it's convenient, like, in theory, but emotionally, it just doesn't work. I mean, if I was a mother and had multiple children or any children at all, I wouldn't go to the store. It's exhausting. I guess. I don't know. I just, I like getting out of the house. I like interacting with people. I mean, I don't like interacting with people, but I like being forced to interact (laughs) with people. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So... Anyway, my my dream for America is traveling salespeople wandering up and down your street selling you things. Cucumbers! I have cucumbers. (laughs) The cucumbers came. Cucumbers! That would make America a lot better, I think. Yeah, I completely agree. Hmm. Let's do it. Let's advocate for change. Yeah. That's your new business plan right there. Oh, I was going to say, like, I'm going to become president, but... Oh, well, I guess capitalism sure. works too. Yeah. <laughs> what ends? Whatever method Whatever you prefer. Works. All right, then. Shall we get started? Yeah. Let's talk about our attempts to be healthy humans. So before we um, get into our topics, I wanted to ask you, what is a way that you think that you've changed for the better since moving here? And I'm also going to ask how you've changed for the worse. So if you want to answer those in a different order. Oh, yeah. Which one should I answer first? So I think I, when I first moved here, I used to be better about having friends that were outside of my organization Mm -hmm. or outside of my normal circles. I mean, I still have a few, but a lot of the people that I was friends with that worked in different organizations or that I knew like other ways besides my kind of normal day-to-day path, um, they all left. (laughs) (laughs) And I never made new ones. (laughs) So that's something that I think I mentioned this in another episode, but that I've been wanting to improve on this year 
And I have not made any progress, so. It's hard. Well, I've been traveling a lot. So, like, there's one gal that I keep messaging with, like, let's hang out um, in a month. Yeah. (laughs) But then I think something that I'm doing better at now is being okay with not being okay. Like, I think when I first moved here, if there was something wrong in my life, you know, whether it was kind of my, like, spiritual crisis or just, you know, feeling like, oh, I'm not reading enough or I'm not exercising enough or whatever, I would, like, really beat myself up about it. Like, oh, my gosh, I have to make a dramatic change right now or I'm not taking care of myself. But I think I've found a good balance between feeling motivated to, you know, be healthier, but also not feel so, like, kind of make this roller coaster of, like, oh, I'm doing terrible. Oh, I'm doing amazing. Oh, I'm doing terrible. That's what I do. Hey, <laughs> the best. So what about you? Like, what what do you think? How have you changed for the better? How have you changed for the worse? I think for the better... I am a lot more empathetic than I was. And I think that's partially just because, I mean, it's been a couple of years since I started this process and I've gotten older and have lived more. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I kind of before, if I saw people struggling or something, I would be like, mm, yeah, that really sucks. But, you know, you just just don't be lazy. Like, Try better. Just do more and it'll be fine. You'll just get a good routine. And uh, since being here, I realized that everybody is doing the best that they can. And sometimes the best that you can do is not really that enjoyable. <laughs> and you're still having a really hard time. So I'm under, I have a lot more compassion for people that are struggling because I know about what it feels like to struggle. Right. And be like, why? I'm trying so hard and everything is still horrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then ways that I have changed for the worse, maybe. Um, I don't know if we've talked about it on here, but definitely Big and I talk about this a lot outside of the podcast, but just feeling kind of jaded. I think we'll talk about this more in a later episode, but basically the longer that I've been here and the more I get into work, it doesn't match up with kind of what I thought it would be. And in some ways that's even better because there are a lot of parts of this job that I really love and feel like that I'm good at and that I was made for. And then other parts I'm like, Ooh, this isn't what people at home think that I'm actually doing or, you know, something like that. So it can be kind of easy to be jaded. Yeah. When you move overseas, you kind of have like a really usually idealistic perspective. And I think you kind of need that because you're making such a big change. Like if you didn't have, I like if you were too realistic before you moved, you just wouldn't go. Yeah. (laughs) But I, yeah, so then you get there and you realize like, oh, I'm not really changing the world. I'm just still a normal person. So, But my Myers-Briggs says that I make a mark on the world. I mean, you've made a mark on me. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before we started this episode, we kind of brainstormed some ideas about different ways that we 
stay healthy or try to stay healthy here in Nepal. And step one, start a podcast. (laughs) You guys should all do it. It's the best thing ever. (laughs) I feel like since we've started a podcast, a lot of people have been like, hey, I'm starting a podcast. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Like multiple friends. Oh, that's funny. I'm like, well, I don't know Jack about it because I don't do any of the actual production work. I just take pictures. I feel like our personality types match the jobs that we do with this <laughs> podcast. I'm like yeah. the administrator behind the scenes yep. producing. And you're like, hi, social media. <laughs> you want to see a picture of my feet again? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it is, has been really fun to like be able to intentionally just think about our lives. And it's like journaling. And therapy. Yes. Very public manner. (laughs) It definitely fills the hours, I will tell you that. Yeah, it's taking over our lives, but in a good way. It's fun. Yeah, it's good. Mm -hmm. So um, besides that, I mean, tips for you all, start a podcast. All right, so that's step one, start a podcast. Check that off the list. (laughs) Next is... Please eat your vegetables. So true. Healthy eating. Oh my gosh. When I first moved here, I struggled with this because I lived with a host family and they made me amazing food, but the food here is like pretty carb heavy and not as many vegetables. And I think like as kind of, you know, one of the ways that I relieved stress of being in a new culture and feeling out of place and all of that was like eating too much. (laughs) It was just like, this is so good. And of course, Nepalis love it when you eat a lot. So they were encouraging me to eat more. But after a while, I started getting kind of fat. And like, (laughs) it wasn't exercising that much. I mean, I was like biking to language lessons, but my body just like didn't feel good. And when your body doesn't feel good, the rest of you doesn't, like your mind doesn't feel good either. And so anyway... So that was my struggle when I first moved here. Um, and then on the, uh, the flip side, the eating healthy side, I recently, so I've started uh, exercising more doing like um, powerlifting. And so I decided, okay, I need to be more intentional about eating the right amount of protein and vegetables and all of that. So I started this like planned out meal program and it was really good because I it helped me like get a really good intuitive grasp on like how many vegetables, how much fruit, how much protein I should be eating per day, which I was definitely not mm-hmm. making those at all, not even close. But it was so much work. So if you want to eat fresh vegetables or fruit here, unless you're going to peel it, you have to clean it somehow. So you can soak it in like chlorine water or iodine water or... Um, sometimes when I'm lazy, I just rinse it with filter water. Don't tell anyone. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so you have to do that stuff and then all the prep stuff. And it's really hard. There's very few restaurants that sell like things like fresh salads or whatever. I mean, they exist, but I don't know. It's just not super accessible, super easy. So I was spending so much time. (laughs) I'm healthy, but I don't have any other hobbies. (laughs) Come out from work and cook for two hours. And that's all my food for the next three days. I did that with juicing. I was trying to juice and I I did that for a few months. I I really enjoyed it. But yeah, everything is so seasonal here, which Mm. is great. But 
you lose a lot of nutrition if you have to like peel everything and you have a lot of like waste. So I was throwing away like, I don't know, a pound of <laughs> vegetable matter every day and <laughs> takes a lot of time. And ugh, so I kind of gave up on that. Mm. And speaking of making eating your hobby, <laughs> making preparing food your hobby, have a hobby here is really important, I think. Yeah, just like have a kind of outlet for something outside of work. Stupid dog neighbors. <laughs> it's okay. Pretend it's not happening. You guys are just getting the authentic experience of what we hear every day in our lives. Birds and dogs. And you'd never notice until you start a podcast. It's true. Yeah. You just, just filter it out. But anyway, yeah, I think it's super important to have something that you're passionate to do outside of work. So um, my co-host White is really passionate about building her international bar cart. Woo! <laughs> Unintentionally international. Liquor is just really expensive here. So anytime someone's coming from a different country, I'm like... Can you bring me a bottle of rum? And <laughs> usually they do. It's really fun, though. Like, when I was in Australia, duty-free, I saw this American bourbon that we'd been talking about. Oh, so I brought it. So excited it's about really that. It's really delicious, so too. Good. We tried it yesterday. And you've had people, what, like, bring stuff from the UK, right? Yep. I have a lot of stuff from the UK. Australia. The US. A lot of stuff is from the US. Where else? I feel like there's other places. I, yeah, it's just fun. You've gathered, like, I brought you bitters yeah. from California, and you bought your, like, s- stirring and other implements at a flea market in Arkansas, yeah. and it's, it's really fun. It's pretty impressive. But uh, you also have some non-alcoholic hobbies, is that correct? <laughs> yeah, I do, as I'm <laughs> drinking this weird ginger wine. I am super passionate about being creative and using that as a way to stay healthy as you're living overseas or living in your home country. Like when I first, well, before I moved here, I did a lot of watercolor painting and calligraphy and things like that and thought that was really important. And then I moved here and suddenly I didn't have time to do that and um, kind of felt bad about that for a while, but then realized that the point is not the art itself. The point is being creative and expressing things that you don't have other means to express. And so I started writing poetry and pretended I wasn't acting like an angsty teenager again. <laughs> and I write a lot or, you know, if I don't have time to do those things, then I end up, I'm like, focus energy on my house and decorating and being creative that way or dressing myself creatively or something but basically you don't have to be like you don't have to say oh yeah i'm an artist to create things just get the emotions out there friend yeah it's true i know i don't know i take a lot of input you know like i listen to things i watch movies i listen to music um but i don't even notice when i'm i don't have the outlet and then if i start doing something like i just and copying white because we're the same person and started trying brush calligraphy and it feels so good like I'm just like "Mm, yes (laughs) like I feel light and happy um I think another good outlet for energy is 
exercise. We love to exercise. I know. Actually, we both do have like several different things that we do. I mean, yeah. you talked about your Piloxing class. Did I talk about my Piloxing class? Yeah, in the last I episode. did. I talked about actually not being the most un- in shape person there. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. And I do a lot of yoga. I love if you guys want to do yoga and you don't want to pay a million dollars, there's this website called doyogawithme.com. It's a Canadian website and they have a ton of free yoga and Pilates videos and I really like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do that. I started lifting weights and I'm going to get all beefy and buff now. Yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, like, it's funny. I, I've been doing it for like four months, so I've made a lot of progress from when I started. So I feel all good. But then I watch someone else who's like actually strong and I'm like, ew. <laughs> you can't actually do that much. Who cares? Uh, it's though? been it fun. It doesn't to have... really, it doesn't really matter. Right. Yeah. And I, one of the things I like about that is I feel like it's, it's not just physical. Like it's kind of intellectual. Like I plan mm. out like how much weight am I going to lift each week? I have like, all these formulas and calculations. And then I, after I lift, then I plug it into this website that tells me how strong my muscles are. And yeah, it's been really fun for me. Do we need to talk about our different Myers-Briggs personalities again? Because <laughs> I'm like, that sounds horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, let's analyze everything with numbers. Hmm. I'm like, I'll just show up to a class and someone can tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, but actually, I mean, I, obviously it makes you feel better makes your body more energetic and stuff. But I also, there's something like kind of mental about it too that I find really beneficial. Just maybe like pushing yourself to do something that feels hard and learning that that's okay. Yeah. you can. That's a good life lesson. Dude. I feel like trekking and like long distance stuff like that really has taught me that. Yep. And another mental exercise is our next topic just says, eat more dirt. <laughs> God made dirt and dirt don't hurt. Except in Nepal where it might. Yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. get worms. <laughs> well, I think about that when I'm like cycling and just breathing in all this dirt. And there's like this one place on the road that every single time I go there, I eat a bug. I just like <laughs> swallow it. I'm like, great. Are you just like cycling with your mouth open? I didn't think so, but maybe, maybe I am. I don't even know. But oh, yeah, so you can like be so careful. Like, mm, I'm not going to drink water. I'm not going to eat anything unless I know it's safe. And then you eat bugs and you're like, <laughs> And crunching on dirt after a workout. Yeah. So I think both of us have a similar, um, like, approach to this of if you're <laughs> too cautious, then you don't build up your immune system and you just get sick all the time. Yep. I mean, some people just, that's kind of their life and they can't really avoid getting sick. But we just are really cocky about it. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I like never get sick, so I'll just like brush my teeth with the really nasty infected water and it'll be fine. (laughs) Like, I just want to test it to where I feel just a little bit sick. Like, I just want to know my limit. (laughs) Just a little bit of diarrhea. It's fine. Just, you know, the large intestine, the final frontier. (laughs) The final frontier. Coming soon to a theater near you. I don't want to watch that movie at all. Sounds like a really bad 80s health class movie. Yeah. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's move on. I feel traumatized <laughs> just thinking about it. 
the adult version of Miss Frizzles and the magic school bus. <laughs> ah, this isn't a cartoon! They don't get sneezed out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, eat some more dirt. It'll help. Mm-hmm. I think. Don't be scared. I think that's exhausting. You're that's like, I can't true. eat this lettuce because I might get cyclospora. It's well. like emotional. Emotional <laughs> exhausting. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I was telling my roommate, like, oh, here's what you should do to, like, clean your vegetables. But I don't do that. <laughs> I was like, maybe, I'm not a good example. Don't listen to me. And she's like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you don't get sick, though. It's because I have an immune system of steel. Yeah. Well, I do think it's a bit genetic. My dad's the yeah. same. I think he's thrown up, like, twice in the last 40 years, so. Yeah, I mean, I grew up on a farm and, like, didn't wear shoes for who knows how many years and just ate stuff straight out of the garden and drank water out of our hose. And I did that except in the suburbs. (laughs) For you, it was probably more dangerous. Like, well, I don't know though. Cause I lived in like a farming community where they spread chicken, chicken scratch on the, yeah, that's how you say chicken poop. That's why chicken scratch means. And they would, like, spread it on the fields, and it was, like, across from our playground, and it's like, no, it's planting season. That's hilarious. But it helped. Yeah? Obviously. Obviously. I've only barfed twice here. Nice. Yeah. I think me too. Yeah. We can keep a tally. It's a competition. (laughs) Sometimes I wish I'd get sick more, because I, like, don't want to go to work. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, other people get to rest. I just have to keep working because I feel fine. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> well, speaking of eating dirt, we do that every day because we, sure we live in dust man Dust man Yeah. But a really important thing, I think for me, this is something I don't do enough because I don't notice all the time. I think because I grew up in an urban area, I don't walk around every day thinking, oh, this city doesn't have enough green in it. But then when I do go somewhere green with plants that aren't brown from the dust, mm-hmm. I feel amazing. Yeah. I have friends that are really intentional about going to green spaces, going to gardens, getting out of the city, taking weekend hikes and stuff. And I feel like that is a really wise way to keep yourself healthy. Yeah. Emotionally and physically. Yep. Or you can just like wear the flip-flops that I found in downtown Nashville. That's like the part that you walk on is grass, like fake turf material. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, these are perfect for Katmandu. Like, I'm walking in mud, but I'm squishing on grass. I feel like I'm in grass. (laughs) Trying to trick yourself. (laughs) I'm burning my feet on this turf that my shoes are made of. (laughs) I still have those stupid little black balls on there. (laughs) Um, yeah, well, and one thing that I have that I really appreciate that does help me get out of the city sometimes is a motorcycle. And that has just been so nice. I love riding my motorcycle. I love having that. I can, it's like having a sense of freedom, you know, I can get out, I can go anywhere I want without having to wait for the bus or without having to find a taxi or whatever. And I don't know. I just really love it. It's, to have the, the wind in your face and your hair and, you know, all those romantic things that motorcycles are kind of true. <laughs> but I, I think 
that kind of relates to another point for staying healthy is sort of like accepting who you are and your new identity. And, um, part of that is being okay with spending money because guess what? If you moved from a Western country to Nepal, you're rich now. It doesn't matter if there are like Nepalis that make twice as much money as you, they're going to see you. And that's the first thing that they're going to assume. Mm-hmm. Well, and in a way you are maybe richer than them because you have so many resources back home mm-hmm. and like your network is big and yeah, you just are rich. I mean, we are not middle class anymore nope. and living here, you have to learn like that was hard for me because I didn't grow up rich, but I had to learn how to be a classy rich person. Yeah. And I'm still not very good at it. Same. I grew up like lower class and I feel like I'm like, I don't know how to be this person. <laughs> you skipped right through middle class to upper class. Yeah. <laughs> Which I feel like I've done a pretty good job because I'm making a huge bar cart. <laughs> Which is something that I would have never thought about right. growing up. Yeah, just like being okay with spending money. I mean, yeah. that's part part of that is being an adult too. I mean, obviously not overspending, like still being wise with right. your money, but not kind of breaking out of that like attitude that I think a lot of people get in when they're in college. It's like, save every penny. Mm-hmm. You know, if something's free, just take it even if you don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> like that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. You have to represent yourself in a very different way here, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. You are higher up on the hierarchy, so. It's so true. I, actually, it was funny once. Um, I, a friend of mine who's a Westerner was talking to uh, one of our Nepali colleagues, and then he came up to me afterwards, and he was like, oh, guess what uh, our friend said about you? I was like, what? He said, you're the only person in your organization with a method of transportation that matches your like place in the hierarchy because <laughs> everyone in our organization rides bicycles. And in Nepal, that basically means you're poor. Like only poor <laughs> people ride bicycles. It's changing a little bit now. There's like, like it's cool to ride mountain bikes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he was like, yes. Big is matching her place in the hierarchy. And I felt so good about it. Yeah. Yes. I don't feel (laughs) guilty about spending all this money on a motorcycle. Well, I remember um, somebody was telling the story of they were in the Philippines, I think. And they had this house and it's like a cinder block or cement house. And they're like, well, none of the other houses in this neighborhood are painted. So I'm not going to paint my house either because I want to like – match the culture and blend in and like show that I'm equal with them. Mm. And then after a while they, you know, they weren't having very good luck or something with Building working with people. Yeah. yeah. And the people finally said, why don't you paint your house? And they're like, well, none of the houses are painted. Yeah. But if we had money, we would paint them. You obviously have money. So why wouldn't you paint them? Yeah. And like, oh, that made a lot of sense to me. That's I think. So, yeah. That would be like in, you know, like in your home country. I mean, which for us is the US. Like say there was like someone who had a lot of money and they moved into your community in Arkansas and they bought, like, a really crappy house, and they didn't fix it up, or they bought, like, an old car, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, you guys would all be so confused. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, like it doesn't necessarily we make you a better person to, do this. to live below we, your means. Yeah, exactly. If we had as much money as you, we would have better stuff. Yeah. I feel like for the first year that I was here, I was still trying. I'm like, uh, 
didn't I like move out as a poor person? And you know, I'm now I'm living in a developing country. So people like assume that I'm living in a village or something. I don't have (laughs) access to basic resources. And, and so my method of coping with that was to not have hot water for a year. And so it's like, (laughs) and like a lot of houses here have solar um, panels that heat the water, Mm -hmm. but ours are really old and our landlord doesn't want to fix them. And so in the winter, I would go running and then I'd come back all sweaty and need to shower and then I'd have to boil water and then stand in my frigid cement house and like splish some warm water over myself and it'd get cold before I could finish. (laughs) And it was horrible. And so finally, we ended up buying, my roommate and I bought a water heater, but that felt like such an incredible expense. And I'm like... If I was in America, like, would anybody bat an eye if I was like, well, I'm getting pneumonia because <laughs> I'm so cold. But they're like, you should have hot water. So no, I can't. $200 water heater. Yeah. <laughs> it is true. I think there is something, though, about, like, I don't know. It's, it's again, it goes back to that identity thing. Yeah. Like, wh- who am I? Like, am I... A rich person who just indiscriminately spends money on making myself comfortable. Right. Or am I willing to sacrifice my comfort to, like, be a good person or whatever? And I think, I don't know, it's hard to find that middle ground. Mm -hmm. Because I know people who go way too far with spending money. They're like, I'm going to make my house perfect. I'm going to make my house feel like America. It's like I'm not even in Nepal. But then I also know people who go the other way of like, <laughs> I'm going to live like a village Nepali in Kathmandu and, yeah. and just torture myself every day with cold water and, yep. you know, whatever. So neither of those is healthy, I think. No. You have to accept that you're higher up on the hierarchy again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you also get to support people with your money. Like, buy local right. art, buy fair trade materials that somebody actually made and is supporting their family through making. Yeah. Like, use your Have money Have them well. made. Like, yeah. Give someone a salary. Yep. Another thing that I found really challenging here is, I mean, so we talked about, like, kind of accepting where you are in the hierarchy and that you're rich and that also just that you're weird. Like, I, you know, it's easy to think, oh, I'm going to move there and... I'm just going to fit in with the culture. No, you won't. <laughs> yeah. Won't. <laughs> Definitely not. But part of that for me is, like, being introverted and being okay with that. I mean, most people think I'm an extrovert. But I'm kind of in the middle. Like, I definitely need recharge time where I'm not hanging out with any other people. And I've found since moving to a new culture, I need more of that because it's so exhausting to be in a new culture and being constantly aware of, all the new social cues and trying to figure out all this stuff. And it can be hard because in Nepali culture, it's a communal culture. So if you're alone, there's like something wrong, you know, (laughs) they like feel bad. They're like, Oh my God, are you okay? Like, do you want me to come hang out with you? Like you're sick. I'll I'll send someone to just like sit next to you, which to me is like, I'm sick. Go away. Check on me me every three hours and bring me crackers. Like, you know, um, but yeah, I, I had a hard time with that at first because whenever I went to have introvert time, I felt like I was being judged by mm-hmm. Nepalis or like that they were so worried about me and I didn't want to make them feel worried. But now I have just accepted, you know, this is what I need to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And if they think I'm weird, well, they already think I'm weird. So. Yep. 
So when I first moved here, I made a little calligraphy sign for myself, and it says, live a life that is humble but never apologetic. And I think that really helped when I first was here because I wanted so badly to make relationships with Nepalis and, like, kind of blend in or something, you know? But, yeah. you, like, always feel like you have to apologize for being weird or being different. That's really cool. I like that. Humble but not apologetic. I like making little catchphrases for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Like, inspire yourself. Yeah. Well, speaking of being introverted, I think we're done with this episode. I'm going to go home and introvert kid. Oh, hey, big. We're not actually done with the episode. Come back. Uh, I have whiskey. Oh, okay. Well, I guess now it's time for a segment of the week. This week, we're doing Hipster Minute by Big. That's me. I don't have anything to say. I'm just going to sit over here and smile. <laughs> Smiling at me. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to talk to you guys about a really important topic that has to do with your health and mine. And it's hipster tooth care. <laughs> so when I was in Australia, I went to this hippie store and I bought some charcoal tooth powder so 1800s i know the dream of the 1890s (laughs) no the 1890s (laughs) but yeah i so i decided to do some research on this and i actually didn't know but before toothpaste people used tooth powder like forever since egyptian greek roman times that was like the standard way to do it for thousands of years so yeah tooth powder has three main ingredients a mild abrasive which sounds (laughs) horrific uh, such as finely powdered chalk or something a detergent which also sounds weird (laughs) and a flavoring or sweetening agent such as sugar or artificial sweetener peppermint etc and you can put it on your toothbrush and use it like normal toothpaste or if you're desperate you can use your finger Or if you're really old-fashioned, you can just use a stick. Yes. I Somewhere I read that the first toothbrush was invented in Arkansas. I... Does that seem to make sense? I don't really believe that, but I'll let you have it. I don't remember where I read it. (laughs) I mean, people have teeth in Arkansas. It's just the meth that makes them go away. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like people were brushing their teeth before... Europeans moved to Arkansas? Well, maybe it was, was like, it like the Native first Americans? commercial toothbrush uh, or something. I don't know. That's possible. Yeah. If Arkansas can make Walmart, they can make Colgate <laughs> or whatever. Um, okay. That's real interesting, but we're not talking anyway. about toothbrushes. We're talking about toothpaste. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I found this article on HowStuffWorks.com, which is my favorite. If you've never looked at that website, you should... They have a good podcast, too. Um, but yeah, so people used crazy different ingredients for tooth powder. Like, the Egyptians used powdered ox hooves ashes, 
burnt eggshells mixed <laughs> with pumice? <laughs> yeah, pumice. That's that's rough. Abrasive. I know. Greeks and Romans uh, preferred an even grittier powder, so they used crushed bones and oyster shells. Good Lord. How did mm. they have teeth after that? Romans also added powdered charcoal and bark, hoping to help with bad breath. The Chinese added ginseng, herbs, and salt. Of course, the Chinese added ginseng. (laughs) Um, Then in like 1000 AD, the Persians were like, dudes, you are abrasing your teeth off. (laughs) The nub look is out, Romans. (laughs) So they use less abrasive stuff. Such as burnt snail shells. Oh, naturally, yeah. Dried animal parts. Ooh, why did they just say parts? <laughs> Not vegan. <laughs> Dried animal parts. Which parts? <laughs> I'll leave it to your imagination. <laughs> so then, in the 1700s, um, tooth powder started being sold in stores in Britain, of course, because they are so classy. Um, but they use super abrasive stuff too, like brick dust, crushed china, uh, earthenware, and cuttlefish. Oh, um, hey. yeah. I mean, no cuttlefish. What? That's like you can sell cuttlefish things for like birds to sharpen their beaks on. Well, it's probably ground up, and also to like I think it helps them. <laughs> they were just rubbing things. the cuttlefish. On their <laughs> No wonder British are all such bad Well, teeth. it is for birds, too. You're not just giving your bird a cuttlefish to chew on. <laughs> nom, nom, nom. Um, but yeah, at that time, people started using baking soda, which people still use now, especially like when they're making their own toothpaste at home. And they started adding borax <laughs> to provide a cleansing foaming effect. I bet it did. <laughs> But yeah, I I just it's so funny like just to imagine people just like putting random crap in their mouth and rubbing it around. Like, <laughs> how desperate are you? Like, I have terrible breath. Hmm, I'm gonna grind up some hoof and try that. <laughs> yeah, that seems like it would make my mouth taste better. Oh wait, everything is covered in sores. Hmm, okay, try another ingredient. So people didn't start actually using toothpaste until the early 1800s when they realized they could add glycerin to like make it more pasty, which is really interesting. Um, and the first person to put toothpaste in a collapsible tube was Dr. Washington Sheffield of Connecticut in 1892. And he started the company Colgate. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, you can totally make your own tooth powder out of random stuff. So I, I well, I didn't Google. I duck, duck, goad. <laughs> charcoal tooth powder to see what the internet had to say about it and the first result was dentist warns against charcoal teeth whitening trend <laughs> <laughs> but i'm not convinced because i read the article and basically it just said like well like we haven't really done enough studies to know exactly like the effects that charcoal in your toothpaste has on your teeth um, so basically the recommendations are like don't use really abrasive tooth powder or toothpaste every like day. Like bricks. <laughs> yeah. Or even like the one I have, it says just use it a couple of times a week. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys may or may not know that charcoal is like the new cool thing and it seems like it's in every product ever. And everyone talks about how like detoxifying it is or whatever because it absorbs stuff. So in theory, it binds everything in its path including stains, tartar, bacteria, viruses, 
this article said, and maybe even your tonsils. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but all of those things sound good. Uh, so it's kind of, it's still like up in the air. Some people say it's too abrasive. Some people say it's great. I personally have really enjoyed using it so far. My teeth feel a lot cleaner. Like, you know, after you go to the dentist and they feel like extra clean. Oh, yeah. So, and I don't know if it's just psychological, but they look whiter to me. (laughs) (laughs) Although, gross, it makes my toothbrush not white. My toothbrush bristles are now bright yellow. Well, it has turmeric in it, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it does. I forgot. Because I remember when you sent a picture of it, I was like, charcoal is whitening, but turmeric can, like, stain your entire body. Well, it doesn't – I mean, in your skin, it doesn't absorb into your teeth, right? I guess why not? (laughs) Who knows? Maybe they just counteract each other and neutralize. so. So, yep, that's my hipster cred. I'm living the dream of the pre-1890s, I guess, before toothpaste was invented, and I feel so good about it. Okay, well, thanks for joining us for this week's episode about staying healthy overseas. We have more to talk about, actually. So next week will be part two of staying healthy. It's going to be the best. (laughs) In the meantime, don't forget that we are on the social media. We have our Instagram, Facebook, and if you haven't already, please go on Apple Podcasts and rate our show. Even if you don't like it, we just want attention. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Wait, if you don't like it, what are you doing here? Why are you still listening? True. Episode nine. You will like it. Keep listening. We will get into your bloodstream. Acquired taste. Um, like that ginger wine. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm obsessed with It's like with ginger, simple though. syrup. It's so sweet. That's true. But so gingery. So gingery. Um, also, please remember the big white secret. Uh, we like to pretend we're superheroes and that we have a secret identity. So please share this podcast with your friends. Tell everyone how much you love us, but don't tell them who we are. Keep us mysterious. We're enigmatic. (laughs) That's like not enigmatic. It was just